Hey guys, welcome back. I am Sarah, your host of What's on Your Plate podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to encourage you all to visit my website, lilulosvegan.com. And if you haven't already, sign up for the mailing list. The link is in the show notes. I promise not to overload your inbox with junk you don't want, but what I will be doing is sending you monthly newsletters, podcast updates, and keeping you informed about the next chapter in my journey, that of which is becoming a holistic mind and body practitioner. I am really excited about this. It's been a long time coming, and I'm just completely pumped to share it with you. For today, let's get started with our episode with Christy Miller. Christy joined me recently to talk about the important issue of food insecurity and how it's a huge misconception that kids have enough to eat, even in seemingly affluent communities. Let's dive in. Today's conversation is with Christy Miller. Christy is the secretary of a local nonprofit called Buddy Bags. Buddy Bags is a program in the Northwest Indiana area that helps with children primarily that are dealing with food insecurities. Welcome, Christy. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for taking the time. Um, It's truly an honor to get to speak with somebody that is helping with such an important issue, one that I've always had a passion for trying to do something to help with for sure in whatever way I can. It seems like such an epic problem, food insecurity, people not knowing where their next meal is going to come from. Mm -hmm. And especially as it pertains to children who often don't even have the means to figure that out for themselves. So this is a topic that, you know, really touched my heart um, when thinking about having this conversation in this space here. And I'm just so thankful that you're willing to share some insight on that and the important work that you're doing for our community and our kids and, and how that might be just branching out beyond the reach of our own community. Yes. Well, so as you mentioned, so Community Help Network was, just to give you a little bit of background, Community Help Network was started in 2017. It was the brainchild of Bonnie Meyer, and it was out of the First United Methodist Church in Crown Point. So Bonnie decided as she had been involved with missions for all of her life that she saw a need for children who didn't have all of their meals provided over the weekend. So these children who we are still currently serving since 2017, they would get the free lunch from the free lunch program at school. So they would have five days a week of breakfast and lunch throughout the school year. But then over the weekend, Bonnie was worried about what would happen to them. How are they getting their food over the weekend? And through so many studies, it has been shown that these kiddos who don't have access to food 
all the time and consistently and who are in this food insecure situation, they have a hard time paying attention. They have a hard time focusing. They struggle with learning um, because how can they when when their bellies are empty and growling and uh, they're not thinking about learning or uh, paying attention in class. They are thinking about their next meal and they're uncomfortable. So she had this idea, let's find a way to help them. And so she put together a group at the First United Methodist Church of volunteers, and we started packing what we call buddy bags. And this was actually a concept that was not our original idea. It was from Kokomo, actually. And it was from a gentleman out there who had put together this program, and we used it as the model. And what happens then is we pack and have been packing bags of food for these kiddos who are on the free lunch program. So they have seven days of food. Um, And what we've done is on Tuesday mornings, since 2017, we'll all get together. We used to meet at the church and now we meet at a warehouse, which I'll get to later, but we'll pack food for the weekend so that they have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks uh, consecutively seven days a week. So that's what started in 2017. And we started with just one school, which was MacArthur Elementary in Crown Point. And that need quickly grew uh, to three more schools, and then it ballooned from there. And in 2020, we found that we just needed to go a different direction because there was so much need. And we basically outgrown the church. They had been and continue to be so generous to Community Help Network, which is the umbrella term of Buddy Bag. So we uh, decided to move it to a 501c3 nonprofit. And that's when it became Community Help Network. So under that umbrella is Buddy Bags, and we have then since grown into several other areas. But that's basically what happened and how it started uh, with a need. And now it's grown to 23 schools in four school districts in South Lake County, and it feeds over 850 kiddos. That is just amazing. You know, the work that you all do with this program is so phenomenal. And I think one of the things that people might find most surprising is that there's even a need for it in our little community of Crown Point. For those that don't know about the area we're talking about, it's a relatively affluent um, area where seemingly on the surface, there wouldn't be a need for something like buddy bags. Um, or a need for something beyond a, you know, small little food bank, perhaps provided from a church or two in the community. Um, But as you've just described, that is not the case. And there are hungry kids, hungry families right here in our community who desperately need this service. And it's, just really eye-opening to realize how those numbers are so high here and what that really means for communities that are less affluent than ours and the reality of that desperate situation. Right, right. It's it's hard to think about and And you're absolutely right. A lot of people are surprised that there are so many kids that are on the free lunch program. Um, And that's not even everyone that's on the free lunch program. Those are, to back up just a little bit, what 
what we do at the beginning of the school year is send a letter out to all of the principals of all of the 23 schools. And we ask them to pass along to the kids who are on the free lunch program to their families. And it's up to the families if they'd like to participate and receive a buddy bag. Um, they can decline and that happens too, but that 850 number isn't all, that's not all of the kids that are there. These are the ones that have accepted. And the reason that we do that is to remain anonymous. So we don't know who these kiddos and their families are. We just simply want to give them what they need. Right. And I think that's so critical for the success of your program is the anonymous part of it, because unfortunately we do live in a world where people are shamed for needing help in even just the basic needs of living. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that that is one of the main reasons that people decline the program? I think it could be part of it. Um, we do try to make it really clear that we won't ever know who they are. Mm -hmm. We're never gonna ask for names. Um, and we even do through the summer, we've started doing a program to help as much as we can with the summer needs. And that is a system where we still don't require any name. We just, um, we'll have to see a face at that time just because they come to pick up the food, but we still don't require a name for the, the pickup of the buddy bag food. What do you think are some of the other reasons that people might decline assistance if they are qualified to have it? Well, so we've heard before a couple of times that there have been some families who just think that they they want to give it to the families who need it most. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, even though they do qualify, um, you know, there are a lot of people who think, no, no, not me, someone else needs it more. So I think that's been part of it. Sometimes it's a temporary situation where a student will qualify um, just based on a job that was lost the year before by a parent or some change. And uh, the parent might be hopeful or know that that job is being replaced or that they're going to be in a better place. And so sometimes they decline for those reasons too. Yeah. Um, the previous answer that you gave though, somebody who is in need of such an important service declining because they see a larger in what their eyes is a larger need elsewhere. I don't, I don't know if I know a better definition of love and service than that. Mm -hmm. That's really remarkable. It is. It is. Um, and what we've seen this so many times too, where we, we actually do some pretty fun things with these, uh, with these kiddos. And we've had a Christmas fair, like a family fair before we've done two summer buddy bag fun fairs now. Uh, this last one just took place not too long ago. And uh, the responses that we get from these families are just overwhelming. They are so grateful. Um, they want to help when they can. We've even had buddy bags, um, families who have reached out to us to see how they can help us in return since we've helped them. And that's certainly not what it's about. We've never once thought you should come and help us. But the fact that they've offered to do that is, is pretty spectacular. That really is. Christy, mm -hmm. tell me what is in your heart in regards to why this particular way of serving is important to you. So that's a, that's a good question because I am very grateful and aware that I'm not one who lived through insecurity, food insecurity as a child. So I can't personally relate to that, but 
what I can say is I am a faithful person and I think that part of what we are called to do is to help others. Um, I believe that God wants us to give our love back <laughs> as we've been given. And I don't feel that it's a duty. I feel like it's just something that makes sense for me in my heart. I just want to give back um, when I can. And I don't feel like I said, a need, or I don't feel it out of guilt. I feel it out of love. I feel like it's, I feel right when I'm helping other people and, um, and it's a little selfish. <laughs> I think sometimes I do feel good when, when I am giving back, when you see, you know, um, people that you're working with working, I say, um, it's all volunteer, but you know, as we're, on the assembly line, putting the bags together, or we're at the fun fair and we see these faces of these kids who are just having so much fun and they will even give you a hug and they don't even know you. And we get to give them these prizes and you just see their eyes light up or, you know, sometimes you don't tell Bonnie, but sometimes you just sneak a little bit and give them an extra little prize. And you would have thought that it was just Christmas all over again. So I can't, um, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a little bit selfish because you, you do feel so good when you see these kids happy and these families grateful. And, um, it's just, it just seems like the right thing. Absolutely. And I don't know that I would describe that as selfish, quite honestly. I mean, affirmation and appreciation is one of the best forms of payments, we'll call it. And even people like yourselves in positions of serving those that are in need need to feel that it's wanted and that their service is for a purpose and that it's helping people with their needs and they're smiling and, and it's making everybody feel good. So, you know, it's that idea of filling your cup so you can fill somebody else's. And I think that's true with this too. If you felt completely disregarded or unappreciated with the way you're serving, maybe it wouldn't be to you what it is now and be such a joy in your heart. That's true. And you're right. And I think part of it too, is the people within community health network are just one of a kind. I think there are um, very loyal volunteers, very caring people. Um, they all have such a, a mission heart, but are so different. All of us are just, we come from different backgrounds and have different, um, you know, everything, but there is that one thread that we all share. And it is that we, we love helping uh, this, this cause, but working with them is just something that it makes me smile as I'm talking about it, just because they're, they're funny people. They, have a great sense of humor. They just make it all worth it. Since I said, most of the time, we really don't see these families um, other than household pantry, which we'll get to probably in a little bit. But in terms of the buddy bags, since we typically don't see the families, it's the volunteers that really make it. And um, they come in every week and they might've had stories to share from the weekend and you never know what you're going to get. But um, not just the volunteers, but the board itself has been very loyal and dedicated since 2017. And I think um, that's something really special um, that we've been able to stay together like this for five, six years now. And it's basically the same group of people. And we love welcoming new people. That's for sure. But 
Um, I think if anyone were ever to stop into the warehouse and just take a peek, I think you'd know what I mean. Yeah, it sounds like a really special dynamic for sure. And, you know, just that giving and receiving of service and love and purpose and, and everything that you're doing. I mean, it really just is, uh, you know, one of the universal laws of nature to to have that flowing like it is. So what you all are bringing to it and you're receiving back in the same way is just keeping that momentum going all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's cool. It's cool to hear about it. It's cool to, to know that that's something that is happening in such a beautiful way with what sounds like an amazing team. It is. It, it really, really is. Um, I mentioned the warehouse and I yes. might just go off on that for a second if I can explain. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned earlier, we first started in the first United Methodist Church and the church was awesome. Pastor Mark was great and still continues to be so supportive, as I mentioned. But um, we were taking up the majority of the stage part with all of the food. And um, so we just had to move. So luckily, the ARC building, which is right across the street from the Crown Point High School on Burrell, that's where we have our warehouse. And so in that area, it's this huge space that we're able to pack floor to ceiling with, you know, canned goods and foods and things that we will get in from our shipments uh, that Bonnie has very carefully found the best deals and the best prices on, you know, the food to buy in bulk and then that we pack. Uh, but that's where really all the magic happens. So uh, we would welcome anytime anybody who would like to come in and help uh, to see what it's like even, then it's such a, an open and welcoming environment that um, it's, it's fun to be around. So that's where all of that takes place. And that's also where we have the household pantry. So that opened just a couple of years ago. And the household pantry is a section of the warehouse near, near where we pack and we have all the items that are um, needed but not available for purchase with food stamps. So things like hygiene items and cleaning supplies are all available free to anyone in South Lake County who needs them. So they can come in once a month and get all the supplies that they need and we just try to make it easier for them to get all those things that are not so easy to get. Yeah, that's such an important aspect of what you're providing as well. Let's talk a little bit about of how these things are acquired. Where do mm -hmm. we obtain the food or the non-food items for the purpose of donating them to those in need? So we have an amazing group of donors and supporters who have um, been very loyal and very generous to us. So um, we do a lot of grants. <laughs> there are a lot of, if there's anyone out there who likes to write grants and is interested in that, that's always something that is helpful for us because that's been a huge part of what we um, have used to buy, to be able to buy the, the food and the goods. Um, in addition to the First United Methodist Church, as I mentioned, Strax, Hometown Happenings, the Crown Point Community Foundation, the Legacy Foundation, the Lowell and Crown Point Rotary, Tri Kappa, so many wonderful and generous donors and individual donors to um, families. So that's been a big part of it is when we're able to get monetary donations, then we can get a great you know, deal essentially when we buy in bulk with some of our local grocery stores. And um, that is all 
orchestrated through the volunteers that are helping. Um, we have someone, Ruth, who comes in and she does all of the inventory and make sure that it's dated correctly so that we're not sending out anything that's expired. So there's quite the process that goes into it and it's very meticulous, but uh, Bonnie has always looked for the best deals to make the best use of the funds that come in. But on another end, we also have schools that have participated. And that always makes me smile because these kids in these, especially the grade schools, um, the middle schools too, have gotten really creative on how to raise funds for Community Health Network. And we have had um, local schools who've done penny wars and who've raised thousands of dollars. We've had food drives that have you know, brought in hundreds and hundreds of meals, if not over a thousand. And uh, it's just supreme generosity that, that comes through with the schools, which I love too, because these schools are helping, helping us to help them. And so the sponsors at those schools, like the student council sponsors or the national honor society sponsors or uh, kind kids groups that get together in these schools all find interesting and unique ways to help raise funds. I love hearing that. Um, yeah. And the fact that the schools are participating in ways to help their own students in this regard, mm -hmm. um, probably unbeknownst to the students themselves, perhaps, of where some of those funds are going is really amazing as well. Mm -hmm. And we've had similar situations with churches as well as some um, philanthropy, local you know, philanthropy organizations too, who've done similar food drives. And it's amazing. I mean, we've had truckloads before that come in and it just... It's awesome to see just all the generosity that people are outpouring into this community. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to me a little bit too. I know we previously spoke about something called um, regulated waste programs through companies like Amazon. I was not aware of that before you shared that with me. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so this is really, really cool. Uh, we have, so Bonnie reached out to Amazon and they, as you mentioned, they have a program called regulated waste where they essentially can't return items that people um, no longer wanted. They tried to return and it's probably too expensive for them to take those returns and process. So instead they have all these random items or things that maybe just didn't make it to the shelf and they have it all in pallets and we pick them up um, and all we have to do is rent a truck and then we get all of these items from Amazon for free and that has been an unbelievable source for us with especially the household pantry but also buddy bags too and has also helped us with the fun fairs that we've had so we have these amazing prizes for these kids that I was talking about earlier and it's so cool but it's so random um, you'll get everything from cowboy boots to dog food. You never know really what you're going to get. So it's kind of like Christmas. Every time you open up a box, you really don't know. Uh, you have an idea sometimes what the category is. But um, last week when I took my boys and um, there were, of course, several volunteers that were there and that are always there to unload the truck. And it was just piles and piles and piles of shoes. So that's awesome because um, Sometimes it's just those those little things that are hard to find that people need. And so to be able to provide those as a bonus as they're walking through the warehouse, getting their food and 
their household pantry items, then, you know, I pulled out a beautiful little communion dress for some little girl that'll hopefully have it sometime soon and little shoes that can match and just all sorts of things that I think uh, people will be able to take advantage of. That's just amazing. You know, to be able to give people things to offset the costs of their everyday expenses so that that money maybe that they were going to spend on new shoes for school can now go towards paying a bill that's been sitting around and acquiring late fees or something. It's just amazing how all these different systems feed into each other. And then the program through Amazon, I think that you told me that those items that are not redistributed in the way that they are with the regulated waste program, those items ultimately end up just in, in a landfill. Is that not right? Yeah, we, we don't really know where they would go. Um, so people like our organization try to take advantage of them uh, just so that they're not wasted. Um, it, it's just a great way to be able to use these items. Um, there, there is a caveat which we cannot resell. And so that is something that we very much stick to because we're grateful to have this regulated waste. And so we would never resell any of those items. Uh, so we can't use them in a raffle or anything like that. They have to be gifted. And so that is exactly what we do. Yeah, that makes sense. And then it makes for just more support for your events that continue to just literally feed into the community. Exactly. Um, speaking of feeding into the community too, we do have a garden in the back of the warehouse. And so I wanted to bring that up as well because we have some people who help tend the garden and it is also for the community. So Anyone could stop by and pick up some corn or some herbs or some veggies anytime. Um, they're welcome to pull weeds if they're there too, but it's it's really neat, all these little things that come together um, that just make it a whole. So the garden is one of them. Um, we also have a little free library that one of our buddy bag board or community health members, um, Diane, she brought this to and Betty Osterly also brought this to the group. And so we have a, a little place for kids to, and adults to exchange free library books that um, we just keep in the warehouse in the household pantry area. Um, and along with the Amazon deliveries that we get, we get a lot of coats and things and we save that for the fall so that we have a coat drive. And so anyone can come by and pick out coats for their families if they need them as well. Christy, it's just so overwhelming to sit here and listen to you talk on all the ways and all the different angles that Community Help Network is branching out to serve all kinds of needs in the community. I know, you know, Buddy Bags is one of the main things that we're talking about today, but there's so much more going on within that nonprofit organization. Um, Buddy Bags specifically, though, I think is something that really resonates with me just because it does involve a particular part of society that cannot advocate for themselves. Exactly. And because of that, having the volunteers with this nonprofit and, and others, it's so just critical to have all this help and all the ways that you all have managed to find to contribute 
on a regular ongoing basis for years at this point, and it's just ever growing. Would you say that some of the reasons why it is just continuing to expand is because of what sounds like the village it takes to keep it going is a huge part of it? Definitely. Um, I would say that it's kind of a snowball effect. I think once you realize that there is a need in one area, it's easy to then notice another area that's similar. Um, Bonnie was instrumental and continues to be because she has such a mission heart and really (laughs) sometimes a overwhelms our board a little bit because she'll say, okay, we're going to do this too. And, but it all comes from a place where she sees a need and, um, that's really what we try to fulfill. And there's a balance that goes into that because we can unfortunately only do so much as we are aware. Um, but it, it does take a village and it also takes a village of people who have different strengths and different interests. So, um, you know, we have Paul who is always the busy bee and he can go and pick up Amazon orders and then unload boxes. And we have Bob who was a professor and he helps us with some of the detailed information and gets us, well, he can do math without a calculator, which is always fascinating. Um, (laughs) Kathy and Sue who have been our treasurers and are so dedicated to making sure that everything is accurate and accounted for. And um, and Eden, who's our president, who is just a breath of fresh air and is um, so patient and so loving. And it's easy for, for her to just, she fit right in um, when she joined. And it's like that with, with everyone that you come across the volunteers who have celebrated their 90th birthday or, you know, um, the new mom who has decided to come and help out because she wants to, to give back, but also is at home all the time and is ready to be out for a minute. It's such you find where I think if you follow your heart and you'll find where you're needed sometimes too, you just kind of have to listen to that. Um, so it's, it does take a village. You're absolutely right. And it starts to snowball and the village gets a little bit bigger and a little (laughs) bit bigger. And, and that's, I think how it works. Yeah. And I think it's a great example too, of, you know, you mentioned sometimes the board getting overwhelmed and things, but I think, it's a great reminder that just because we can't do everything doesn't mean we can't do anything. Um, And even taking small bites of all these little places in the community where the need is, even making a small impact might be a huge impact for that one kid or that one family. And it could mean the difference in just their expenses or their day or even their lives to receive the help that you all are providing. Exactly. And we try to always keep that as, as our number one focus is, you know, we started this as buddy bags and we will forever and always, you know, know that that is priority. Number one is I, I think all of us struggle with thinking that there are kids out there who really, who really truly come to school hungry. It's so hard to wrap your mind around that. And so that is always going to be our focus and our priority, even though we do have other opportunities and we'll try as much as we can to, to accommodate what's needed, but primarily that will, that will always be our focus. 
for sure. I want to comment too a little bit on the the mention of kids coming to school hungry. I know in um, a lot of the schools there is you know like the free breakfast program and and things like that. And there's always I feel like, and I've been guilty of this before too. But there's always a little bit of negative commentary in regards to what it is they're serving the kids. And it's like, oh, well, they're giving them a Pop-Tart or, oh, well, they're giving them a granola bar. And it's like this not good enough type of mentality. But if that is what the child's option is to energize them through their morning and move them through to the lunch line where they receive another meal, I think there's little to complain about, quite honestly. And the same thought goes into, um, you know, the many of my listeners, our audience today knows that my lifestyle is a plant-based lifestyle. It's a vegan lifestyle, which means I don't include animals in my diet and as much as possible, not in the, the daily use of my life. Um, but that being said, I am a firm believer that it is far more important to eat than to eat vegan. So it's not to say that somebody is, you know, should just be giving whatever is available, whether it's in your mind, you know, unhealthy or not. But at the end of the day, everybody needs to eat. And you may or may not have the ability in the moment to handpick what is available for you to eat. So I think it's important that people remember that and understand that, that a lot of the programs, they do the best they can to provide meals for kids or people that are underserved, but there's not always a lot of control in specifically what those meals are. There's a lot of things that, you know, factor in to those decisions on what actually ends up on the plates. Mm -hmm. And I think buddy bags is probably similar in that way. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I do know that we also spoke about buddy bags has recently, I believe started customizing in ways that can accommodate some of the uh, dietary restrictions or allergies of those that you serve. Is that right? It is. And I'm going to brag once again on Ruth, our volunteer and board member, because she has a background in nutrition and she has been instrumental in making sure that it's <laughs> that the food is not only coming to these families um, for no with no charge, but also that it is as possibly healthy <laughs> that it can be. So it's awesome to see what she's done with this because she's taken all of the options that we had that were within our budget and she has found substitutes. She has switched things out. Um, she, we recently started packing tuna, um, which we also had to see how, you know, people were going to react to that. I think people have strong opinions one way or another about tuna, but <laughs> Um, it is so healthy and high in protein and it's good for the kids. Um, and so that's an option that we've offered. Um, we substituted regular oatmeal. Now we have low sugar oatmeal. 
Um, so we have done things to make it even more nutritious for these kids and not just giving them a bunch of high sugar, empty calories, but actually things that are higher in protein and lower in sugar in every case that we can. So I'm really proud of how far we've come with that and how aware we are also of serving these kids the most quality food that we possibly can. Um, but yes, and to talk about what you said about the allergies, that's something else that we do. Um, when a kiddo has an allergy from that particular school, then we will pack different snacks for them. We put them in a separate bag. Then we put that in a separate container and we label it in red that it's an allergy. So these kids, you know, if someone happens to hear this and they were, the parent was worried that, oh, well, I'm surely they can't accommodate us because my child has, you know, a wheat allergy or a corn, whatever it could be, then no, we can, we can help. So we just need to know, and we do everything we can to help. That's phenomenal. And I think that's honestly, some of the limiting beliefs that parents have is that, well, there's not going to be anything, so we're not even going to try it type of thing. And I've been guilty of that too, even with my own son. Um, he does not have allergies, but he does eat vegan. And, um, you know, I, in other instances, in other situations, I have just assumed versus just maybe looked into things a little bit deeper. But there's that... Uh, notion that you should never assume. Right. And I think sometimes people are scared to be a bother. And um, I have a food allergy myself. And, and I think that it's easy to feel that way, but ultimately we're here to help. And so if there is something that we can help with, then we absolutely try. Yeah. That's so awesome to hear. I love that. What would you say is something that you have learned or seen in this work that you're doing that has influenced areas of your own life on a personal level? Well, I think that being involved with Community Help Network has, it helps me grow because when you are put into a situation with such a diverse group of people, you learn so much from them. Um, it's different when, you know, you are with your friends or your family and you have so much in common, but this is a group that can come from all sorts of backgrounds and, and have such, uh, different opinions on things too. But I think it's just been so nice to see that you can learn so much from people. Um, especially if you have, you know, one similar goal of helping others, um, I also think it's really given me a lot of hope because you hear so much on the news and in social media of all these negative things and how the world's just a disaster. But then you come into Community Help Network and you see people laughing and you see people helping and you see people being served and it's all for good. And I think, um, I think I wouldn't be so grateful if I didn't have this organization. Um, I don't take things for granted as much because I have this organization and this great group of people who do have such different opinions on things, but ultimately you have so much to learn from. Um, there's a lot of hope out there. 
Yeah, I love that answer. The hope is one of the things that stuck out most to me in, in your comments. And one thing that I would hope is that people that are in need of such an important service would realize that there is no shame associated with it. There is no reason to not acknowledge that you need the help because all of us at some point in our lives, at many points in our lives, probably will need help in some form or another. I couldn't agree more. Um, and I think that that's part of it is that there is, I think, an element of shame, but really, I think this is just being a human. I think it's just human nature. Um, we're never going to have a perfect life. None of us are. And there's going to be a hard time no matter what, and there'll be several. And if you can lean on your community and and let them help you, then I think it's what the community wants to do anyway. Um, so it's not something to be shameful uh, to feel that way, but it's just part of living. It's just going to happen. There's going to be something that we'll all need to ask for help at some point. And it is hard to ask for help. And I get it. It's it's never going to be easier. Um, but just know that there are people that truly want to help. For sure. We're just not meant to go at it alone. Nothing really in life are we meant to go alone. Um, that's why there's always amazing people around if we just take the time to look a little bit closer and allow ourselves to see the good within the bad, um, as you're talking about with just, you know, what is happening in our world and the political climate and just all of the societal challenges. You just have to look in between it all because there's amazingness happening everywhere if you just look. Yeah, there really is. Um, Yes. <laughs> and it, and you develop, um, I think that's another thing too, is just as a side note, I know I've bragged about all these volunteers in this board, but um, you, I think if someone's out there who just feels lonely or they feel like they don't know really what to do with themselves, um, this is a great place to start because it is welcoming and because um there are all different kinds of opinions and different people. And um, I don't, I think that sometimes we all are lonely at some point or we all feel stuck at some point. And so to be able to help others is that one thing that we can all agree on. And so it's an opportunity, I think. Um, if someone's feeling that way, then there's a place for you. I love that because so many of us do sort of get stuck in our own heads and excuses on, on what to do with our own lives and with ourselves, but being of service and helping other people is what helps clear the fog of your own problems it in totally so many does. ways, totally does. Right. And, um, starting in an area where maybe you're not struggling in, but you know, other people are is, is like you said, an amazing place to start. Um, Christy, tell me about how people can get involved with um, community help network or buddy bags specifically, or, you know, just programs or events that you will have coming up. Yes. So I think it would be an easy place to start at a few, a lot of people referenced Facebook. So you can find community help network 
on Facebook and communityhelpnet.org um, for the website. And uh, those are two places to go. Um, and you can even just come in <laughs> if you wanted to. Um, there's someone there most days, but definitely every Wednesday and Saturday right now through the summer um, in the mornings. And then uh, through the school year, every Tuesday morning is when we have packing for buddy bags. And it's um, it's not something that, and this is what I like about it too, is earlier on in my time, I was involved a lot more than I'm able to be involved now. So I've had to step back for um, just because life happens and you have things that happen and I can still come in and at any time and help when help is needed. Um, so if you like to tend a garden, then you can help with the garden. If you like to deliver the meals from the warehouse to the schools, then there's a place for you to help there. If um, you like to to help with fundraising or you like to put on events, um, that's awesome. We, you know, we can have help there too. So there's so many places. It's just, again, finding what you like to do, but probably a good place would be to start at the website or on our Facebook page. And then you can start to follow and see what we have going on and how you might be able to help. That sounds fantastic. Um, I don't know if we touched on the way the Community Help Network is serving families specifically in the summer versus in the school year. Is it, how does that look different? Sure. So we have an eight week program over the summer. And so families are able to come in once a week and then they get a much bigger portion. It's a family size, a lot of meals that they can prepare through the week. And then we're actually doing a specific buddy bag program for Crown Point kids. That's all we could do at this time. Um, so they can come in and get the traditional buddy bag plus extra as well. So we have a couple of different ways that we're helping with that through the summer, um, which we weren't able to do until a few years ago. So this is something that we've been able to grow into, uh, but that's what we do over the summer. And then through the school year, it's the typical packing, delivering, um, sorting through all of the items and all of that during the summer or during the school year. Okay. Um, it's just amazing the way that the organization has grown even just within the last couple of years to be able to expand even in that way. Um, you say just serving the Crown Point in the summer, but I think that's a really big deal. I mean, Crown Point is a big area. So to be able to include that additional service is just phenomenal. And I'm sure it'll just continue to grow from there like the rest of it has. Um, what does the outlook look like for buddy bags? Are there other intentions for the future or other ways that Bonnie or you or just the board see the uh, Buddy Bags program growing? Well, it's funny. I was talking to Bonnie about this last night and uh, we were talking about high schools because right now we started with uh, grade schools and then we moved into even some middle schools. But what we found again were middle schoolers and I have two of my own, so I can attest to this, but they are very self or they're aware of everything around them and how they're perceived. And so the buddy bags didn't work in the middle school. So we had to end up giving, um, an, uh, finding another way to give to them. And that was through Strax gift cards. And so that is sent home uh, with those families instead of giving them an actual buddy bag. So there's a little different approach with the middle schoolers. And 
I wonder how we can move forward with that with high school. Um, right now, it's so big, it would add at least 7,000, you know, in, within the, the students there, let's say 10% of those would be another 700. And I just don't know if that's something that we can do right now. So the future might look like having a place for some of those high schoolers to come. That's a safe place right across from the Crown Point High School specifically, but anyone, you know, could come. Um, and just to have a place where if they want a meal, they can have a meal. If they want to hang out, they can hang out. So that might be something for the future, um, just to identify the kids who need it. Because uh, it's hard to think that there are these middle school and grade schoolers who are being taken care of, but the high schoolers aren't. Mm -hmm. Now they're older and they can do more. And so we recognize that, but it doesn't mean that there isn't a need. So that's where I wonder we might have some opportunity in the future, but that's going to take uh, a little bit more <laughs> for us to get to that point. And um, we'll see where, where that goes. What are your comments on the misconception that programs like this aren't needed because there should be a sufficient amount of funding for things like this just through taxpayer money, through government programs? Why, why is that something that people believe is the case? And clearly it's not. Well, I think that it's easy to think that way, that someone already has it covered. Um, if you have a lot going on and you just think, okay, surely someone has that taken care of. Surely that's fine. Surely there isn't that here. Um, it's Then it's not hard on you to think that way. Uh, you have to really take a hard look at hard things when you accept that it's not all okay and that it's not all taken care of by other people. So um, again, we're all human. And I know that sometimes we have points in our lives where we just don't really see the reality because we don't want to see it. But the truth is that it's it's here. It's even among, as you mentioned, an affluent community. It's just here. The statistics show I was just looking last night that um, it's here. We see it and, and it's really hard, but luckily there are a lot of organizations, not just ours, but you know we have a, a sister organization in Winfield uh, run by Gretchen Mercer. She does all of the buddy bags for that area. So there are groups and people who do step up, um, but it's here. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think something that you hit on there is really important to mention again, is that people just kind of choose to turn a blind eye in a lot of ways and in regards to a lot of things that are hard to see. And this is certainly one of them, but I think that if people would lean into the things that are heartbreaking to them, the things that make them uncomfortable or even unsure of, and take that energy and put it into how to help be a solution for those things, the rhythms of our world would be much different. Yes, because I think naturally we're all kind of selfish. <laughs> just It just is what it is. I think that that's just how our bodies are um, to be able to survive. You know, you have to have a certain amount of selfishness, but it's when it gets carried away that it really can do more harm than good. So when you do just look it in the face and you realize that there, and it, 
and I've seen it. Um, you know, we've seen the notes that have come home. Some teachers have have asked the kids um, to just write, maybe write a little something. We never asked the teachers to do this, but we've had some notes that have come back to us and um, how they have just said, I don't know how my mom is going to get another another meal to us. And I am by myself, but I have my buddy bags. And um, my son, who was in grade school this last year, um, and he knows I've been involved with this for his whole life. And so he sees it and knows, and he'll tell me, mom, so-and-so was so excited to get his buddy bag today. Um, it's just right there. And we just have to choose to see it and then do something about it. For sure. I think it's an excellent example of finding purposeful things to do with the things that you find painful or upsetting. And mm -hmm. I'm just applauding you and the entire community health network for all of you that are doing exactly that. Thanks. Um, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of awesome volunteers and, um, a lot of people who spend way more time than I do doing all of these things daily sometimes. And, um, something that pastor Mark from the first United Methodist church has always said is go outside of your comfort zone just a little bit. Don't just be complacent. Don't just sit there, but go out and push yourself. Um, even this podcast, you know, it was a little outside of my comfort zone. I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous. And, but then interestingly enough on Sunday service, that's what he talked about. And he said, push yourself and get out of that comfort zone and you can do more. So I think that's something that, um, once you really let that sink in, then you can do a whole lot. I love that synchronicity that happened to you over the weekend. Yes. And I've heard that many times. I tend to be out of a lot of people's comfort zones. <laughs> um, but I think that like you, it's important to push ourselves in that way. And that's when the magic happens. That's when the real change happens and the results of the work is, is truly seen. Um, Christy, tell me if there's anything you would like to leave our listeners with today, any parting thoughts or any last information that you'd like us to know? Well, I think I mentioned it earlier, but if you are someone who is listening that just isn't sure what to do, that's okay. If uh, you're someone who is in need of something, that's okay too. If you want to give something, we've got you. So either way, um, it's okay to take that next step. Use this as your sign to go and to check out the website or to go on the Facebook page or to send an email when you get there or to stop by the warehouse and just see how can you help or how can you be helped? And we will help that to move forward for you. I love that. And to our listeners, always to connect with Community Health Network, Community Health Network, <laughs> Buddy Bags, um, all the ways to stay connected will be linked in the show notes, um, social links, direct links, and any upcoming um, events, and also ways for people to volunteer and help with this important cause will all be available there. Yes, so there are several ways to get involved in some upcoming events to help support Community Help Network and the families around us. One of them is to join Team Buddy Bags by either walking or running 
or raising funds for Teen Buddy Bags uh, through any of the uptown, or I'm sorry, any of the hometown happenings, upcoming events. So Tim Faley puts on these events here in the Crown Point area, and they are a lot of fun and really family friendly, and you don't have to be a runner to raise funds for Teen Buddy Bags. So check that out when you are looking at any of those upcoming events. Uh, in addition to that, um, I have to say thank you to Corey Kale and for Paul Sills. They both have done so much work with Hometown Happenings to create this awesome partnership. Also, another way to get involved would be to attend our first Ladle of Love of the season, which is going to be on August 5th. We welcome free will donations and that's going to be from 9 until 11 on August 5th with a special guest appearance with our mayor of Crown Point. So we're really excited for him to be there and to help grill that day. Um, and that is going to always be the first and third Saturday of the month will be the ladle of love. And finally, and I think this is really important too, is if you are really interested in helping out Joining the Century Club is a great way to do that, and that's simply a donation of either $100, $500, or even $1,000, and all of those funds go directly into helping feed our local families uh, and help them as much as they need. So if you are interested in being a part of that, you can check our website or our Facebook page as well. Um, Betty Osterly put that together, and we are so grateful for her for doing that. Thank you so much for your time today. This has just been a really inspiring conversation and it motivates me for sure to up my own game in the way I'm serving those around me in my community and beyond as well. Thank you so much for having me and for pushing me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I do appreciate it. And it was my pleasure to be here and hopefully this helps a little bit with someone. I have no doubt that it will. Thank you so much for your service. Thanks, Sarah. This is such an important ongoing issue. Some of the parts that hit my heart the most were how many of us take for granted one of the biggest, simplest things, that of which is food. How hunger in kids is directly related to their ability to focus and learn. I'm amazed about the shame that surrounds hunger. Truly, it brings tears to my eyes that we have created a culture that has made people feel embarrassed to need help with receiving access to food. Always remember that there is a place for you to help, whether it's in buddy bags or another area of need. We can all be of service. Please support Buddy Bags and Community Help Network by following them on social media and attending an event volunteering, or giving a donation. You might not be able to do everything, but you can do something. Sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast helps it grow and remain sustainable. It costs nothing to share the love. I'm so grateful for you and the gift of your time. I'll see you next time.